Welcome to another inspirational My Church podcast. We hope this message will bless and encourage you. To find out more about My Church, visit mychurchcanada.com. Okay, so we're talking about everything because we've all, like, we've dated, we're married, we have children. How long have you guys been married? Nine and a half years. Oh, come on. Nine and oh, half. wow. Well done. Come on. Hey. That's great. Almost, almost a whole decade. You got some things to say. Okay, but when you were dating, so you had not yet, like, gone, like, yes, Jesus, I want to give you my life. Like, you hadn't yet had that moment. You met each other. You've been friends for a long time. When you were dating, like, now that you're a part of this community and, like, you've sat through so many relationship seminars and so much that we do, we talk about family and how to build relationships. What now, looking back on those dating years, would you have gone, oh, gosh, like, I wish I knew to implement these truths. Like, I wish, like, we could have avoided or, you know, maybe built it on a more solid foundation if we knew then what we know now. Like, what are some of the things you've gone, oh, man, go for it? Um. <clears throat> I mean, for me, obviously, Mike in the face. face. Yes, Mike in the face. Kiss it. Um, For for (laughs) me, I uh, I had uh, my son Jr. when I was twenty three, and that was really like uh, he was eight when we got married, Um, and just I really like the the, my twenties leading up. um, There was a lot that I wish I had. I had known, just in terms of, like, um, there was a lot I feel like I could have avoided when it came to relationship and intimacy in relationships. And when we got together, I feel like now um, what we're establishing and what we're demonstrating to our children um, would is a lot different. Right. Like, it would have been a lot different. How so? Just in how we, like, what we model to our children. Because now, I mean, I have a son who's 20. Yeah. And it's a little different navigating um, you know, trying to model and demonstrate something to him that we didn't actually have a grid for right. um, when right. we were that age. Yeah. So um, wow. I guess that's what I, I really wish that we had a foundation that we could speak to that we had walked through. Right. Um, but now it's like just being like rooted in in the house of God and just our beliefs have changed right. it's really just transformed us like to the core mm-hmm. it's transformed how how we're going to be raising our children right um so that's why it's important to us I wish that had we had it to yeah. do over I wish we could have right. done that but I think it's important for me that we're raising our children with um the values and beliefs that we that we carry now right yeah as a couple so like being a part of church because you guys it's five years in and you both have had your own journey, like, of coming to, like, a relationship with Jesus, slash, you both have very independent experiences in the house. Though you're both in the house serving, caring, you're not carrying the same things in the same way where Caleb and I, we're both here, but we're individuals. We're going through different seasons, though we're walking together. I feel like you guys do that really well, where you allow each other the grace and the space to have your own journeys. And um, I just see you both giving each other grace to become all that God has called you to be. Like, how, how have you now come to know Jesus together while also championing each other's differences where you're at, you know? Like, it's pretty well, amazing. 
for me, uh, a lot of people have heard this story, is I didn't know Christ before, and I went church, to church as a child, and I always thought church was the, 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 the rules-based, like, don't do this, mm. must act, behave this way, yeah. must do this, must do that, yeah. and that didn't resonate with me growing up. Um, but um, when we started our church journey, um, we JR was uh, 12, 15, wow. uh, Kaylin was three, and Lila was one, and I was also three. Um, our journeys were very different, and I, I came to this church reluctantly, kicking and screaming, sitting with my arms crossed, as uh, I had been called out before by Pastor Caleb. But um, sitting in service and taking, uh, taking it in and really giving it, the, as they say, the college try and understanding what this was all about, and it was the grace message that changed it for me. And In our journeys together, although we're kind of on our own journeys, it's the same foundation of faith and and knowing who God is and what he does for us and uh, and him always being there for us along this journey and listening to my wife and doing things right. Yeah, there there (laughs) were some conversations. I mean, we have been at different different stages of, um, of our faith, even when it comes to serving. Right. Um, sometimes it felt like I was pulling him along. Hmm. So there were some, you know, hmm. some heated discussions, yes. I would say, um, around the topic. Yeah. But what I found is um, <laughs> we just have always had such a respect for each other right. that it's not like, um, I'm not pointing out things that are wrong or that he can improve, but it's yeah. like, right. I, we've had arguments where it's like, you should just go spend time with Jesus and yes. see what he says oh, about it, you know? Gosh. I'm like, yes. oh my gosh. And that's what you go and do. No, but no. it's like, it, it's like, I'm not pointing out something that like, oh, this, you should, but it's like, yeah. this is just, this is well, it's having beliefs. that open and honest yeah. discussion. This is the it's word like, of God. This is so, how you yeah. feel, you but go read it. Yeah. this is what Jesus said. Go read it. Go do it. Yes. And what does Auntie Denton say? Listen to your wife. Always listen to the wife. Oh, yes. Do you all remember that? If you were there at team night. Yeah, he did share that. So that's cool. So that's massive. I think not um, speaking to what isn't happening. That's huge. I think that's something you do so well. You both do that so well. It's like you speak to the treasure. And what you speak to, you'll see more of. You see it in your kids. You speak to that behavior. You're going to see it rise up. And in the same way, what you affirm, you'll confirm in their, you know, activity. Right. I feel like you do that really well. Do, would you not agree? This is where you go, yeah, of course Yes, we're awesome. Yeah. <laughs> do you have anything to chime in on? Nope. Not yet? Not yet. Cool. Not yet. Okay. Well, what about you guys? Like, bring it back. Ask us a question. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got questions. I'm sure you do. All I, right, hit I, us, go. I wrote a lot of them, but I'm sure you have your own. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this one is my favorite one. Um, this is so natural, guys. <laughs> okay. So you guys have been um, super open with being in counseling these last yeah. uh, few years. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I love hearing is about um, Caleb describing how through your counseling sessions, he's yeah. come to uh, see and understand like your feelings and what it's rooted yeah. in and where you're coming from to a different level. Um, yeah. Talk to us a little bit about that and how couples in the room can sort of explore that level of intimacy right. and understand, understanding each other for those that aren't in couples counseling yeah, every right. Tuesday yeah. night. No, that's huge. I mean, I think we, we have learned it, haven't we, from counseling, witnessing each other? What counseling does is, well, I'd say a couple of things. One, yeah. if you're not in counseling, what's wrong with you? Yes. Okay? 
because uh, yeah. you are dysfunctional. Yes. And so you could probably on, use the help. On um, some level, yeah. Two, mm -hmm. the stigma that exists in a lot of people around counseling, oh, that's for the weak. No, it's for the wise. Yeah. So I say that. Oh, that's um, good. Three, yeah. it's not something you do reactively. It's something you ought to do proactively. proactively. Yeah, come on. And so for us, couplings counseling is just to keep us sane. Uh, yeah. Four kids, you know, soccer, hockey, yeah. church, life. Life. Everything else, Packing it's an incredible lunches. way to stay grounded yes. and to stay just like normal. Yeah. And, um, you know, it is funny. This, I'll just say just quickly to the stigma yeah. around, you know, anything to do with proper counseling, CBT, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy, mm -hmm. psychotherapy, mm -hmm. whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. um, there's all kinds of things out there and stigmas, but I would just say to you guys, um, if you want to invest in a home, that's great, but what good is a home without a great marriage? Mm. Um, yeah. you're, you're putting all these money into stuff, into yeah. status, into all kinds of different things. Yeah. Right. And some of you go, oh, I don't have the money for these things. It costs too much. It's like $120 or $200, $180 a session. A session. And I would say to you, you know, you can't afford not, not to, to do these things. Yeah. Um, see, I like, for us, it's important that we put our priorities in the place where we actually say we prioritize, like, my marriage is important. Yeah. My money reflects that. Yes. And so right. where we spend our, our investments, our time, our talents, those things mm -hmm. are uh, definitely invested into that, that area. Yeah. So for, for us, I think it's important <clears throat> just to open up that conversation to say, hey, listen, um, you go, take your car to a mechanic, as they say. It's like, well, then you should take your heart to Jesus, obviously, but yeah. I always think it's a great sounding board. Yes. Some of you guys think, well, I don't want someone to tell me what to do. You'd be amazed by how little they tell you what to do, by the way. They actually tell you very little. Yeah. They actually just ask you really profound questions that lead you down a journey of self-discovery. Yeah, that's right. And this is what I've noticed they do incredibly well. Uh, active listening is what a counselor does incredibly mm -hmm. well. When I look at the life of Jesus and in, in when he was first coming on the scene as a young boy, it's the first time the, the scriptures mention him as a kid. Yeah. At 12 years old, he's forgotten by his parents. He says he came in <laughs> asking questions to, in the midst of the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all the other people that were really, like, you know, religious leaders of the law. Yeah. He comes in asking questions, um, and then he would... Uh, he listened, asked questions, and then answered. And then mm -hmm. as a result, found uh, favor with God and men. Yeah. Right. And, you know, the Bible declares that Jesus, God, is a wonderful counselor. Mm -hmm. And when I think about a counselor, you know, my relationship with God has always been one. I'm not sure about you guys, but he often doesn't just say, you're an idiot, you need to do this. He never mm -hmm. talks to me like that. Some of you have a God like that. I don't know what his name is, but, uh, <laughs> but that's just not the God that I read about in the Bible. He doesn't call you an idiot, and he doesn't say those things. Yeah. The kind of God that I have is a God who always ask questions. Right. And if you look through the Bible, Adam, where did you go hmm. when he sinned, right? Yeah. And where are you? You know, it's like it was a question. But what embedded in the question was actually a, an incredible answer, wasn't it? It's like an incredible wife. They ask you, hey, do you think you should wear that to church today? <laughs> Within that question is embedded an incredible, profound answer that men you have yet to discover. You know what I'm saying? Do you think you should eat that, guys? It's like, oh, maybe not. Okay, So... Um, but oh my, my point is, gosh. is that Jesus asked questions that got people thinking, but yeah. it takes an incredibly intelligent person to ask really good questions right. yeah. to lead you down a certain path. Yes. Right. And that enables you then to listen really well. Active listening is what we've learned then. So mm. this counselor is like, every time we talk, she goes, let me see if I understand. And she's got this incredibly Australian accent. She looks at us through the screen. With these eyes that are like doe eyes that make you want to cry. You're like, Compassion. oh man, I feel so loved. Yeah. And so, and so yeah. she looks at you across the screen. Let me see if I understand. And every time she'll repeat back to you what you said in her own words to see if she's, she's clarifying the yeah. content. Mm -hmm. And then holds her heart and goes, oh, 
I, I see you. Like, I ref- and empathy is on the high. Mm-hmm. And so she empathizes with you and reflects the feeling. Yeah. So two things I've learned through counseling yeah. is how to communicate much better. Right. And right. as yeah. a result of her asking questions, she will not meet with Jules and I unless we're together. We won't, mm-hmm. She won't do one-on-ones. She wants to do it together so that we can each hear each yeah, other speak yeah, yeah. and process uh, together. Yeah. And through... Th- like whether we are processing fights or disagreements or yeah. just environments and, and unpacking just the clutter of a season yes. and all the emotional, because everyone knows you can have these just seasons where you're coming in and out of certain clarity and just mm-hmm. feels confusing or, or you're lacking clarity in something you want to process or uh, talking about childhood woes or whatever you have, those painful yeah. paths that some of you have endured. You know, yeah. you talk about all these things and these yeah. patterns in your life yeah. and she talks about your salvation experience and how it might have been connected to something. And through yeah. watching Julie process a lot of those things mm. and likewise myself to Jules yeah. I've actually seen a side of her that we've never actually discovered just talking to one another uh, yeah. it's enabled us to take our communication so outside of that session yeah. we walk in to a debrief together and next thing you know we're practicing the principles of our counseling <laughs> sessions together and we're wow. psychotherapying one another you know what I'm saying <laughs> oh, but and next thing it's you know great. our communication has gone to a whole oh, nother no. level yeah yeah I mean I think where we used to, uh, where it used to get a little bit, where we'd miss each other and we'd talk over each other, and all oh, we yeah. wanted was to be heard. Yeah. Like I want to be heard, and so you get louder and you talk more, and it's like we loved the sound of our own voice. Yeah. And we under we undervalued and... the sound of one another's voice. Yeah. And I think when we give to each other understanding, I think oftentimes the healing is in the. I understand you. And the reason why we talk louder and we get more like, well, I and well, you always. Because if you're not going to understand, I'm going to shove the point down your throat. You know what I'm saying? It looks like social media today. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you're like fighting. You're fighting for yourself. And I feel like when the other person goes like, no, no, I'm I'm fighting with you. I'm fighting for you. Like, tell me. And okay, that's another revelation, though. I'm fighting with you and I'm fighting for you. So this is another thing that when you get married and you have a spouse, I think that the thing that we can often can kind of drift over time is to forget that you're each other's biggest cheerleading squad. Yes. You're each other's greatest support system. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think that for many of us, we totally miss that. We can kind of, like, veer away from that. And, <laughs> it's like I'm sleeping with the enemy, you yeah. know? It's like, no, you're not. Like, you love him. You love her. Yeah. And I, I, I think that one of the greatest lessons I've, you know, been reminded of through this whole process is, Hey, turn, face each other. Yeah. And why don't you talk to each other and say what you love about one another and appreciate it about yeah, Julie right. while walking through, through that, that transition season. from Hillsong to my church. Yes. And what did you appreciate about Julie in that? And then you start to, like, you start to affirm one And it's so weird. You yeah. were thinking it all along. He's like, you should just know this. But as you begin to say it, that person's like. <laughs> it's like, you, you know, think it's like, that? And you're like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. And yeah. can I just be honest? It's just, it's forced it's, intentionality. Yes, To it be has. a good communicator. Yes. Yeah. It is. And then equally shown that, hey. You are not my firing squad, but yeah. my cheerleading squad. You yeah. are my support system. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I don't have yes. another you. Yeah. You're right. the only you I got. That's right. And so. Like we hope. I'm yeah. just kidding. I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's true. It's like, yeah, it's like there's nobody else that we get to go and sit on the yeah. pillow next to. Yeah. You know, it's a special relationship. It's the only one. I have one. Oh. Because you have as well. Like, this is what I love about our team, and I love what God is doing in our house. I do believe we're in a really special season where a lot of us, I'm like, not just our team and staff, like, I do believe we're in a season of stepping into freedom, like what we sang about here. It's like, 
we're truly stepping in. And I have watched you, Michelle, so intentionally um, commit to a season of wading into waters that you have not waded into for years. And just stuff from childhood, just some trauma from, from your past. And as you've stepped out into those waters, you came to a place where you began the journey on your own. And I watched as you had a revelation that actually part of my healing is not just going this alone, wading into these waters alone, but I have this husband, I have this man who truly is going to echo the Father's heart like beside me, like in flesh and body. And so I need to bring him in. And I watched you as you went, I got to bring him in on what took place in my life. He's part of my healing Bring us in on that step of the journey and how bringing Jamie into your healing journey has truly, like, helped you to step in. Yeah, so I'm so grateful for the two of you for that season because it's actually a conversation with the two of you that I had that um, gave me the courage to actually go there because the reason I hadn't, um, on top of the fact that I just buried all this stuff for so many years, there was a comment that he had made one time when we were dating hmm. that made me feel like he would not understand or judge what I had been through. Yeah, one right. comment. Huh. And I'd completely misjudged and I just thought, oh, I could never, that's not, it's not safe for me to share that with him. Wow. So hmm. um, after, you know, talking with you guys, I went home and had the conversation. It took probably three hours. Um, just walk through kind of everything. And at the end of it, um, he just sobbed. And he was like, I can't believe that you've been walking through this Mm. on your own for such a long time. And I guess for the first time, it made me feel like, okay, like it's it's safe to let somebody in. Mm. I've got somebody that's like holding my hand. Um, But it just made me feel like, okay, like it's safe. It's safe to allow people to see those those parts of what I had been keeping hidden. So... Um, it's wow. been really uh, incredible having someone to be able to process after counseling sessions or, yeah. you know, even after yeah. our She Is Free Connect groups, like coming <laughs> home. And he's always like, so how was it? You know, and he just, it's just genuinely somebody that just knows um, everything. So one thing that's been really key, though, to me going through counseling is realizing how much of who I was, um, my emotions, things that triggered me. Yeah. Um, was rooted in unhealed pain. So um, I guess it's just, this has been a season of me uh, learning that um, I needed to take responsibility for my healing um, because there really was a lot of unhealed pain that was affecting me in the workplace, in my relationships, in my family relationships, my relationship with my mom, um, the way that we communicated, the way that we fought, um, Everything has been transformed because I opened that door and said, I'm going to heal what's on the inside. And I, looking back to even my relationship with JR's dad and just friendships along the way and um, conflicts with family members. And I, I know people tend to go, oh, well, he and, you know, he was just this and he did this and she treated me this way and she hurt me. I just, I had this revelation where I went, okay, a lot of what transpired actually had a lot to do with me. 
um, and what was unhealed on the inside and how I reacted and, and processed things wow. in my relationships. So I'm just, I'm so grateful and still in it, but yeah, it's just been incredible. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. Like there was so much gold in there, but Jamie, like bring us in now as she brought you in that process. I mean, that's your own journey as well, but how, how have you, I don't know, like, yeah, that was, uh, yeah. Hmm. She's my wife. Yeah. Why wouldn't I stand beside her? Why wouldn't I support her? Why wouldn't I love her? And it's not my area to fix or to say Mm. or to do anything other than to just sit and be Mm. and listen and hear or a shoulder to cry on or a, you know, a sounding board or if you want to let loose, let loose on me. I don't (laughs) care. But she's my wife. And when, you know, when we decided to get married, it's it's one of those things like there's there's nothing there's not a person in this world for me that is more important. She yeah. gave birth to my children. <laughs> she runs this family, so I support her in anything to do. But when I say runs the family, yeah. let's be honest, gentlemen. <laughs> Women run the family. <laughs> but, but it was the, the fact that, you know, it's something that she kept for me for, well, we were married nine years, and we dated for eight months. And That's how you do it. It was one of those things. in When like, you know, you know, right? Right? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> Hello. But it was one of those things that, you know, and I still don't know what that thing was that I said, but I had that moment. It's like, ooh, mm. like could she have not trusted me nine years ago to say this or eight or seven or six or five? Wow. All the way up until the moment she did. But then I took myself back and I said, well, that's not my, yeah, it's not my good. hurt. It's not my pain. I've never so dealt good. with that. Yeah. So for her to actually let me in yeah. and like, we, when we had the conversation, it was more of she had, she was genuinely I don't know if the word is scared or nervous, mm-hmm. but it was a, I mean it's, it was a big it's conversation. A big yeah. So I mean, what else am I supposed to do? She's my wife, and that's yeah. I'm doesn't matter what it is. I'm gonna be there for her no matter what. Yeah. Oh, that's so powerful. I feel like what you just did was actually quite healing for some, um, because not there. There's so many marriages that actually don't have that revelation that well of course um, you say it in such a way where it's just like second nature uh, maybe because of what you saw modeled in your home and family or maybe it's just because of who you are but that is that's a special quality and uh, not every marriage has that dynamic and so I believe what you just did was very healing for so many and maybe it gives us a revelation of who we are to one another like it is such a special I'll place. just say you don't have another spouse, guys. You don't. And yeah. so I, I just have a, a strict rule that yeah. obviously everyone's on their own journey, and there's mm-hmm. tons and tons and tons and tons and over, like, loads of grace for mm-hmm. each other yeah. and to be where you are. However, yeah. I would say do your absolute best to weed out mm-hmm. secrets from one another. Yeah. Bring each other fully bare before one another. and. Yeah. And let the intimacy heal you yeah. and, and the acceptance, the approval, the affirmation yes. that both of you need. Because yeah. I think that so many people are walking around with these 
with these little things in their back yeah. pockets, these backpack full of stones that just are just weighing them down. Fear. fear of rejection. Fear of all kinds of different things. Yeah. And uh, I think that one of the biggest questions that I was asking in a season that uh, you came to me in, I said, hey, do you want to be healed? Yeah. It was a question right. that Jesus asked. Right. And um, I think it was a, a powerful question that he asked people, do you want to be whole? Yeah. And like, this guy would be 38 years paralytic. Do you want to be whole? Like, what are you talking about? Do I want to be yeah, whole? Yeah, you would think, of course. But I yeah. think that some of us get so used to just carrying it with us mm. and putting these things in behind and hiding it away and just covering it up. And I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> and you've got that superficial smile thing going yeah. on. Glory to Jesus. Praise the Lord. I'm sanctified by the blood kind of thing. Yeah. you got the Christianese language down. Yeah, that you know? or, or they're just, you actually don't know how to live any different because it's just what you've known. Totally. So in the same way, I remember when I was like, I was at a church camp and everyone was singing a song from mm -hmm. the screen. And I was like, they can all see the words. I'm like, I can't, I can't yeah. see the words. Is there something wrong with mm -hmm. my eyes? Yeah. It was a revelation that, oh, wow, I don't see like they see. There's maybe something wrong with me. Wow. I think people, you have that moment And uh, sometimes. I would just simply say to you guys who are here and are hearing today, like, I just encourage you, like, start the conversation. Begin to go to that place yeah. where you can truly... Uh, live unveiled Be before one another. Yeah. Um, Be seen and, and, and that's why we're trying to talk around counseling. Mm -hmm. These are like very good places to go. Yeah. Obviously, I believe that the house of God is a safe space it and is. a safe place. Oh, it is. We can allow yeah, Jesus into so the is. areas of your life that yeah. he needs to permeate. But yeah. uh, I have seen firsthand the transformation that Michelle has gone on. <laughs> and uh, yeah. being this you know, uh, almost more timid and kind of like like loud but without the substance behind it at times. Right. And then seeing this authority come yes. on your life yeah. where obviously that's never to imply you didn't have authority before. I don't want it no. to be seen like that. But what I'm trying to say she is... She knows now. Yes. You know There's now. a different kind of like yeah. confidence that you're walking in. Yeah. And these days, mm -hmm. I've watched you navigate conversations that many a people would just avoid uh. and stay averse to that you're facing head on and mm -hmm. you're not shying away from the places that you know are going to bring breakthrough not only yeah. in your life but in the likes for of your others. family and uh, i think it's absolutely yeah. this is this um, is what i believe jesus wants to do and this is where we avoid things because it's going to get messy it's going to get um, crazy up in here don't open you, up that hey jar. michelle was it messy <laughs> did it get messy were feelings at times like oh my god what's happening right now hold on yeah but that's part of, you know, you, you say, like, do you want to be made well? That yeah. was one of the main reasons for me, because being well and healing it meant revealing it and unearthing it. So would you say I that sometimes it gets it. worse before it gets better? Oh, a thousand percent. It's How could like, you encourage someone in that then to go, okay, listen. It's, it's necessary. Yes. It's necessary yeah. to unearth it and yeah. to surrender it to God in order to heal it. It's like I was on my knees, like snot fest, crying, <laughs> screaming out. Like that was the beginning of my journey. Wow. It was like releasing it for the first time ever. Were you plagued by anxiety through those years with? Yeah. Thousand percent. What's it like now on the other side of bringing it to the light? There's like a, there's like a freedom. It's like yeah. a lightness. It's uh, like, yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Oh, wow. wow. Totally. I feel like our counselor right now just pause and watch them. Same. <laughs> they just look at you and you're like, what are And we just wait at? for what comes what next. And sometimes oh Caleb God. and I are like, yeah. <laughs> See, I think there's something to be said. Um, can we uh, talk about sex? Let's do it. Um, we, have, we have. I have a question. 15 minutes. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> okay, in. so you guys dated for 
since you were 15 years old. Yeah, a long Right? Time. For like six years. Yep. On and off, on and off. On and off. <laughs> um, talk to us about that time when you were dating. Uh-huh. Um, I remember hearing Caleb tell the story about how long you guys waited to to even kiss. <laughs> too <laughs> long. Yo, too long. It was too a long. long time. It was almost a year. Yeah. Um, talk to us about Yo, that. Yo, y'all hear that? That was I my know. like trophy with that. I waited a year. <laughs> oh my gosh. What's wrong with Don't me? Don't do that. That was ridiculous. But yes, we waited almost that, a year. Why was that important for you? And how did you yeah. guys navigate that time and set healthy boundaries with not <laughs> having sex before marriage? I had, like, I'm super, my conscience is incredibly this guy. sensitive. He, he, the, our first kiss, he kisses me after 11 months of waiting. It, we're supposed to wait a year, and we didn't. And he kissed me. He's like, I feel so bad. That was so bad. It was so good, but I get, so bad. You I know feel so bad. Like, that was so terrible. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, oh, my God. Are you no, it's not you. It's me. It's this one of those was, moments. You know? This is like, when you were like, uh, like, I don't even know. I needed know. some better like, theology like a for a Pharisee one. or I don't know what yeah, you were. Yeah, definitely. I'm like, the Holy Spirit left. Gosh. No, I'm that's like, what you said. I'm so like, come said. back. <laughs> that is what you oh, said. Oh, man, I was such a loser. You actually said that. I was that. such a loser. Like, you actually Some of you guys that. are talking like that. You're such a loser, it's man. It's like, oh, wow, wow, way to make a girl feel amazing. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I'm just sorry, okay? I'm sorry. Like, that was so ridiculous. Still healing. I'm um, my brain was still in formative years. Oh, I was 18, 19, gosh. what was it? Yeah, so, it's not fully fused. Um, That's a real thing. But, uh, hey, listen. Um, you talk to my parents. Oh, that's about this accountability. Is, no, that's what she's saying. Okay. How did we, like... So listen, so how do you, like, not just, you know, take full advantage of one another and just eat up the whole buffet before it's time? Wow. You know what I'm saying? Interesting language. Oh well... This is basically what you're asking me. Basically, yes. So what were the, what was your secret, you know, yeah. to this whole, okay. Yes. One, I think there's a couple of things. Some of you guys are living as Christians and thinking, oh, you got to preserve my virginity. What? Your virginity? And so this is what you're doing. You're doing everything. Can I just go here? Yes. You're doing like literally, you're doing everything else but down there. Blowing, yeah. you know, blow upon my garden on the north wind. It's come south to blow upon my garden, as Song of Solomon said. He had to quote Chapter scripture. Four, verse four. Make it hey, spiritual. You, some of you are like, the Bible doesn't talk about this. No, come or north wind and blow south upon my garden. Let its fruits blow out. Uh, hello. Wow. He's, um, this is a very vivid description, not of, you know, some kind of metaphor of, of marriage, but this is literally an encounter between husband and wife. Right. And this is what God designed marriage to be, is it an incredibly passionate sexual experience. Yeah. So what are the keys for us to ensure that that is, stays in the confines of that? Well, I know that for some of us, we've got, we bought this notion that we got to preserve our virginity and we're part of the V club still, right? Um, when it comes to uh, Christian life, <laughs> some of you are laughing, but it's the truth. It's like a and saying from 2004. I think that what we need to understand is it's not about your virginity, it's about your purity. That's right. Oh, come on. Yeah. And God wants you it's about your purity, not your virginity. So you have to ask yourself a couple questions. Yeah. How do I preserve my purity in an age in, in, in where we live where sex is, we're inundated with sexual, like, man, we sell gum through sex. That's We right. get your hair done through sex. Everything is like this weird sexual innuendo. Mm -hmm. It is, you know, one of the grossest selling industries in the it entire planet. The, yeah. It is massive. And we mm -hmm. are sexual beings. We're created in the image of God because uh, we are created that way. Sex was God's idea, but... How could a, such a, a God like that be so mean-spirited toward us, I think is how some of us feel. Right. I have all these urges and surges, and you, I don't have the ability to say no. Mm -hmm. I, I can't keep my virginity in this age. Are you kidding me? That's like, 
what are you, this is an antiquated, yeah, you know, teaching. Right. It's like, it's too old. This is old school. Well, mm-hmm. you could call me old school then. But I think mm-hmm. I got a couple things to say around this. Mm-hmm. It's not about your virginity as much as about your purity. Yeah. And that's not to say that if you've ever gone there that you're some kind of wicked, wretched sinner. That's, uh, like, that's not even, anyways, anyone who knows me, just, I would just laugh at that. That's funny. Um, that's <laughs> not what we're, 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 you know, we're uh, proposing. We're proposing here. Yeah. Mm-mm. But what I am saying is I think that God has an ideal for your life. Yeah. And the reason he gives you limitation as a single and ready to mingle or vice wherever you are in your stage of life, any limitation that God puts on your life was never designed to be a buzzkill, a blessing blocker, if you will, is how I like to call it, right? (laughs) It was all, limitation is, in God's economy, is always for liberation. We live in a society where anything goes, and yet we've never been more imprisoned We've never felt more isolated. You know, we have a place for people who live under the Freedom Act of anything goes. Yeah. We put them places. You know where they go? To jail. Right. Because they thought, man, your house is my house. I'm just going to take what's yours. It's going to be mine now. Right. But your freedom all of a sudden and your, your philosophy of freedom is now just encroached on mine. And so I'm going to enforce my freedom on you now. And I'm going to put you in a cell with bars on it. And we're going to govern you until you, be, can, you can be self-governed. Hmm. And so we have a place for people who live under anything goes. And I think that, and anything goes, sexuality is, is not a sexuality that would give you any less or, or like uh, any less intimacy. Actually, yeah. I, I would propose to you that the intimacy that is going to be experienced is just as real. It's just right. dangerous. Yeah, it's not safe. And yeah. the reason that God will put a limitation on what you should or shouldn't do in that context is actually for your liberation to preserve you, to make sure that you stay whole, that you don't have to bring baggage into another mm. relationship should this one go south. Yeah. It's to make and ensure that his plans and purposes for your life, that you live the abundant life that he designed and purpose yes. for you, yeah. and that yeah. you experience the fullness of that abundant life. Yeah. And so I've come to a place with God, journeying with him over the years, where I realized, geez, you're not trying to be my buzzkill. You're not just trying to be like a harp on a good time and be my wet blanket, you know. Yes. You're actually working towards my betterment. My you actually yeah. want what's best for me. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, he wants me to have the whole buffet eventually, you know. But he doesn't want me to, you know, eat up Get on, you know, oh, Henry bars and yeah. Mars bars at the queue at the grocery store as we're oh buying gosh. all the food. You know what I'm saying? Maybe this is a terrible. Uh, I know, like Mars know, bars. I don't know, but Mars bars are really good, okay. Um. But, but my point is simple. Yeah. Is, um, <laughs> purity, not virginity. And yeah. I think that, you know, we love fires. We love fires. Right. Um, but there's boundaries. And there's boundaries. We, we love yeah. fires within a fireplace. We love fires yeah. in a fire pit. Um, yeah. But one that's burning your house down, you're not so much a fan of. Unless yeah. there's an incredible insurance claim on that. And then you're like, okay, sweet. You, know, you get but, a new house. No, but, but my point is simple. Is... <laughs> is um, you know, a few years ago, my friends and I, we poured a whole jerry can of gasoline on a fire. Oh, yeah. And before it was lit, and then we tried to light it, and it wouldn't light. And then eventually it lit, and the thing exploded. Like, I'm telling you guys, it was like 10 feet radius ring around the bonfire. The lawn caught on fire. Our hair all caught on fire. We're rolling and stop dropping and rolling. Fire department <laughs> oh gets gosh. called. People across this lake at another cottage are calling it in. It was wild. Yeah, should have called the fire team. Fire team. Right. And, <laughs> Jamie is here. <laughs> and, uh, that would have been amazing. I that. was good. That's I like good. how you just impersonated though through that moment, Captain Underpants. Yeah, that's awesome. That's Any kids and parents out there Jamie know that? But uh, you know, the fire department gets called. They show up. They're like, "Hey guys, you got to take it down." And like, you just got to get you know taken. It needs to be safe. Yeah. And I think it's interesting. Like in the world, they're there to ensure safety is happening. That you enjoy a fire. 
And right. I think that God is like the firefighter. He's like, hey, listen, yeah. I love fire. Fires are awesome. He but created long, it. Like, he hello. created the passions. Yes. He created the urges. He created yes. the surges. Yes. He's not some guy who's just trying to, like, you know, kill you softly. But yeah. he's actually going, no, you got to learn, number one, how to manage those urges and surges. Yeah. And for some of you who are using that cop, well, I can't. I just can't. Uh, no, you are no longer a slave, the Bible yeah. says. You know, yeah. to fear, but to your urge and surge. Either yeah. we have the power of God to say no to yeah. fleshly desires yeah. and say yes to what God has. That's what the Bible wow. says in 1 Corinthians 6. Flee sexual immorality. Yeah. Flee. Don't fight it. You flee it. You run from it. You, you don't run. resist it. You got to <laughs> run from it because it's not something. Uh, God literally is wanting to help you understand that he wants you to enjoy it, but in the context of a certain place. Yes. So he wants but. to keep you pure. He wants to make sure that you remain uh, abstinent until that point of marriage. I'm right. not saying that everything else between you guys can call it, by the way, anything you want and whatever. I, to each his own, okay? But yeah. um, you will live in the consequences of giving yourself and your heart to one another. You will. You can yeah. say that, oh, I, I, didn't, I didn't penetrate, so it's not sex, right? Hmm. Hey, guys, are we talking or are we uh, talking? Like, I didn't penetrate, so it's not sex, right? Okay, whatever you have to do to soothe your just, and justify yourself, okay? You do that. But I, I'm just saying, hmm. you know, from my experience, you've got to really look at where your heart's going in the whole thing. Yeah. You say, oh, but it's just sex, man. It's just, it's just like, it's just sex, no big deal. It's just physical, right? And this yeah. is the second thing I would say. Yes. Is, who told you that? Right. It was just physical. Hmm. Because when I look into the Word of God, I get it. We, you know, we, what's that, uh, the, that hound uh, song there, the, oh, some gosh. hound song. Baby, we ain't nothing but mammals, so let's do oh it like they did with the Discovery Channel. You know that song, The Greyhound? You're, you're or whatever pulling it, it back, yeah, yeah, like yeah, old back. school here. But yeah. I guess what I'm saying is, you know, this kind of notion, that kind of philosophy, oh, we're just mammals, man, you know, like evolutionary theory, hashtag, you know, like right. we're just mammals, man. What does it matter? It's just sex. But you yeah. see, the Bible says that you're, one, you're, you're not a product of evolutionary, you know, thing yeah. at all. Yeah. You are not just a random set of chemicals that kind of mm-hmm. balance themselves out over millions of years and somehow now you're just you just do life as best you can have as much fun while you're alive because when you die you're just going to go back to the soul you know nothing that's not what the, the Bible teaches at all yeah. as a matter of fact the Bible teaches something very very different that you are created fashioned and formed in the image of a God who knows no beginning knows no end and you are the product of a love intimacy that was in the Godhead the God the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit that were one three beings but one because of the intimacy that they had and so he creates us in his image in the likeness of Father Son Holy Spirit body soul spirit he creates us in the same way to reflect him and who he is in his identity and in that identity where we are born he then says now a man shall leave his father and mother and he shall be united become one in flesh with his wife two become one what an oxymoron what a what a what an interesting way but he's basically saying now within that that marriage you're going to reflect what i am god the father yeah. wife and, whole, and, and husband, yeah. that is like uh, the triune God again in oneness, one in flesh. You see, it's not just husband and wife coming together, it's God the Father and, and, and husband and wife coming together to create another trinity where yeah. again we are reflecting the image of who wow. God is and prophesying who God so is. Good. And within that oneness of intimacy, you become one. See, this is the thing when you become, when Adam knew his wife and they became one in flesh, when he knew his wife, can I just put this in real clear terms? Man, they had a great little uh, sexual intimacy, you know, moment there. <laughs> All right? They, this is a moment where yeah. they became one in flesh. Yeah. And what the Bible teaches is that when they became one, sex is the, the glue that God used and designed us to stick. Let me, so you're saying it's just physical. 
So some of us have, have, have literally, we've, we flirt with sexual immorality. We, we even would, rather than flee it, we flirt with it. Rather than fl- fl- flirt with it, yeah. some of us are flaunting it. Have you ever been in a hockey dressing room sometimes? Or, or you know, or nope. you know, I don't want to get on that point. No, but I'm just saying growing up for me, you know, obviously I'm speaking purely from my own experience, but, you know, just being in the dressing room or doing a time, guys are flaunting it. They're like, ah, you know, I'm on such and such a number now. It's like, ah, we're all like, hey, you're awesome, bro. Okay, listen, well, that's one thing to do that, but I think that what we got to understand is the Bible is teaching something very different from flirting and flaunting. It's telling you to flee from it, and there's a reason for it. It's because he who commits adultery, the Bible says, destroys his own soul. Wait, what? No, I broke her heart. No, you just broke yours. You didn't wow. know? Wow. Wow. And that's why Paul said in 1 Corinthians 6, hey, do you not know? Oh, look at that language. Do you not know that when you committed, you know, you have sex with a prostitute, you become one with her, one with her in body? Paul said, do you not know? I think that Paul could at a comfortably preach to today's yeah. society oh, yeah. because people yeah. honestly I think it's just it's not done of arrogance yeah. actually I think it's done in ignorance yes I think that many of us don't need to be blamed we need to be trained to have yes. a proper theological yeah. backdrop for how God yeah. see who better Very to know good. what our sexuality ought to be used for and how it ought to be used and to yes. go to the one who designed Come it on. and made it and taught us how to do it and so how does he teach us what does he teach us about our sexuality that your sexuality is not physical mm. it is very powerful He's yeah. like, ah, I don't know if I agree. Okay. Then why is it that we have people who have been sexually abused as children mm. who 20, 30 years are just coming out with it? Yeah. Because if it's just a physical handshake, if it's just like, you know, naked wrestling without a referee. Mm. Wow. Then what the heck? It's just, just move on. Mm. I mean, just get over it. Would anyone have the tenacity, the audacity to look at someone who's been child, sexually abused as a child and say, just get over it? No, buddy hit you in the playground, didn't work. Didn't matter. You're not replaying those memories over in your head. Why are you playing these ones over your head? I think because we all inherently know, just like a rape victim, for instance, would know, that you can have sleep deprivation. You can have mental loss, like, like, uh, yeah. like damage. You can have memory loss. You can have, there, there's such tr- like trauma that can be bestowed upon someone who's been raped and a rape victim that you would equally have to say, you know inherently as people, that sex is way more than a physical act. It was designed by God to be the glue that bonds us and builds us together. That when we just flaunt it around and we flirt with it and we just throw it around like it's no big deal, what we don't realize is we're becoming one and that many times what, what is taking place is rather than just moving on, we find it hard to move on with the first person we slept with. Why can't I seem to get past this bond that we have together? What, man, and why is it so painful? It's because I would propose to you that you, you, you made the mistake. Did you not know that you became one with them in, in, in body? And so what you need now and why you can't get over it is because you actually don't need just to move on. You need healing. Like a child abuse victim needs healing. Like a rape victim needs healing. And like the breakup, the heartache is a real thing. It's not to be just seen as just some other thing. It's a real issue. And, and so I would say to those of us here today, the tenders and the sex is powerful. As a matter of fact, they did a study a few years ago in a, in a U.S. university where a professor started getting all these newlyweds and they cut the photos up of the, the couples and they put like a hundred uh, couples all cut up and all spread out over this table. They brought university students in and they said, okay, put the couples that you think are together side by side in a picture 
and see if you can get, you know, you can properly correlate the couples that should be placed together. Wow. They did it with 0.2 correlation. So 20%. Mm. Two out of 10. Right. Right? Right. And so it was a really poor thing. They're like, oh. But then they took those same couples 25 years later, mm. and they took all of their photos. 25 years later, they cut up all the photos, and they put them all, they did all these solo pictures, put them all on the photo, uh, on a table cut up, and they brought another group of students and said, put the couples who you think are together, together. 0.8 correlation, 8 out of 10, 80% <laughs> were correlated together right. Yeah. And you say, what's going on? Have you ever seen some people like, you know, they grow to look a lot more yeah. like each other over time? That's yeah. what they were actually finding, that couples grow to look a lot more like each other. Wow. Now, I'm probably sure they eat the same foods, whatever, whatever you want to do, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would propose you a much deeper yeah. thing that is much more theological and biblically sound and founded in, mm -hmm. that there is a soul tie. There is a bonding together mm -hmm. that happens. Mm -hmm. And I would say to you that sex, intimacy, being married is very powerful. And it's a thing that God designed to bring intimacy to one another where you were literally laid bare to one another. And the intimacy is intimacy that you were brought together and you were bonded so that you stick and that you stay together. Yeah. And the more you, um, you know, you flaunt this thing around, I think the more damage you do to yourself. He who commits adultery, yeah. hey, you are, or sexual, uh, you know, immorality, they destroy their own soul, the Bible That's says. Right. Yeah. I think there's damage that we incur that we don't even realize we're doing now. The commitment and the and the bond that we have it's harder to do and harder to work through because we have stuff to undo yeah. and we need healing from from our past yeah, we do. much like yeah. people who are navigating things like that they need to get healed from the past so they can better stick and stay together yeah i, I was just say to you so the idea of a fire pit is to make sure that you enjoy fire and that you don't get burned i think that sexual intimacy is designed to be such where you enjoy it within the confines of a marriage there's a context for it yeah not to be a blessing blocker it's, there's a context for it. And I honestly, how many guys would admit, any Christians here today? Wave a hand if you're a Christian, okay? Okay, we're gonna go on and say there's probably a lot of you. Yeah. When you started journeying with Jesus, let me just give you an example. When you started journeying and doing life with Jesus, how many of you would say that you, you changed? Did anyone yeah. change? Yeah. You changed. Did anyone say like, did anyone's friends or family, coworkers say, dude, you're different? Anyone have anyone say you're different? <laughs> Like, whoa, you're, yeah. you're so different. Yeah. But the Bible says that you became one with the Lord yeah. when you got saved. Yeah. Just like marriage. Right. There was a covenant establishment. Wow. And I would propose to you that even like me, I, what I'm doing today, I literally, as a young kid, said I would never do that thing. I'm living in Justin Bieber's Never Say Never. You know? <laughs> and I would never do this. And I would say to you, um, Yet the passions and the desires of the church to build God's church slowly crept in and I started becoming passionate, weirdly enough, about the things that Jesus finds himself yeah. passionate about in the Word right, of God. Right. I said, what's happening? Because as I am one with Christ, I am becoming more like him. And the image of Christ is being formed in me, the Bible says, right? Mm -hmm. I would say the same to you. Yeah. If you've been changed by Christ through intimacy with Christ, that is exactly what happens. It's the same principle reflecting itself in our physical relationships. Yeah that God, because it's not just a physical relationship, it is a spiritual one as well. Can I encourage you that this is something to be weighed out. It's reason that our sexuality is sacred. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's, it's secret, but it's, it's sacred. Mm. It's, it's private for a reason. 
it's because it's sacred. And, and I want to encourage somebody here today who needs to understand that to, today that, that sexuality, can I just say to young people, how far is too far? Can I go there for a quick sec too? Yeah. Yeah. I think they're going to shut the lights off in five minutes. Yeah. I think. That's amazing. You guys do that. Uh, so <laughs> I feel my, my point is, <laughs> is that the how far is too far, the sex talk. Let, let's just talk about that. Let, let's understand this simple reality, guys. Yeah. Is that sex is, is not just physical, it's powerful. That's right. That it's it's not about how far you can go. It's, it's about purity, not virginity. And I think that if you let that be the framework for how you're going to establish your life, you start to restrain and refrain from certain things. Yes. And some of you have gone there already. Can I just say, yeah. this is the power of who God is. Yeah. Does he look down at you with with judgment right now. Absolutely not, nor do we. I think it's like, who are those people? I want to meet them, because I'm like, They're why? Because yeah. what I think the Bible is saying is, no, you have the freedom of choice, guys, so have at it. Yeah. Do you? But you don't have the freedom of consequences. That's right. Yeah. You're going to live in, the, in the, the, the consequences of your own actions. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that God loves you any less or, or any, you know, less or more. God's love is consistent and ever-present. Yeah. He is gracious. And this is something profound that I've learned in life, is yeah. that God, we serve a God not of second chances. Uh, we serve a God of new beginnings. Yeah. And uh, some yeah. of you guys, you know, there's been infidelity in a marriage, and the marriage yeah. has fallen apart, and you're now divorced. You're yeah. thinking, but man, I thought we served a God of second chances. No, see, you don't get a second chance for some of that stuff. Mm. Yeah. But you do get a new beginning. Yeah. God can start over. And he can do something beautiful if you decide to bring him into the situation now and awesome. allow him to begin to permeate your heart and allow him into those spaces and places that are broken to help heal it. And, uh, and I think that what I'm trying to say to us here today is that there's, there's grace, there's healing, there's love, because there's something I know about sexual stuff is that it can be really hurtful and it can be equally very shameful. And I want to make sure that everyone here knows today that shame off of you. This is not a house where we judge and we point fingers. This is not a house where we go, oh, did you hear about Susie so-and-so and and Peter, you know, Peter over here, you know, I I don't know. Uh, My point is, is that there's grace and love and acceptance here today to help work through these areas. And and I'm just grateful for the vulnerability of seeing marriages who have gone through some crazy stuff but able to still stay and stick together, to let that vulnerability still be present where they're not closed up and walled off and defensive, but they're allowing their, 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 their walls to drop and allow the Holy Spirit and allow the loved one, their spouse, into those areas where they can truly begin to heal and to, to love and accept and affirm one another the way they need to be. You know, across this place today, maybe you're here today and you've never known Jesus for yourself. Can I just encourage you this is one of the greatest journeys that I've ever endeavored upon I know I'm speaking on behalf of all of us here on the platform yeah. today but it's one of the greatest things that we've ever done in our lives I know that for my wife going as a young child she'd go door to door and talk, knocking on doors because Jesus changed her life she's a young person and she's going do you know Jesus as like a six-year-old and a seven-year-old and an eight-year-old she's just always been doing this she's such it's very um, unsafe if you think about it yeah it is but <laughs> 80s children what's up come on guys but but my point is simple is that can I encourage you, man, let Jesus into those areas of your life. Bring Jesus into those places, those dark spaces, those dark rooms of your life. Allow him to bring some light to it. Not to expose you and not to explain you, but to heal you and to hug you and to love you. I pray to another level of life. And so across this place, if you're here today and you simply say, I need to know Jesus, whatever you have about every eye closes. We hope this message blessed and encouraged you. To find out more about our church, visit mychurchcanada.com.